hello and welcome to all you folks out there in cast country. You're listening to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. It's a show about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Memphis T-Bone Dotson, and I'm the illegitimate son of a Louisiana voodoo woman named Miss Cleo, but my friends usually call me Just Chad. Well, again, hello and welcome, folks. Tonight in the studio, I have actually a student of mine uh, who came to me a while back with a rather interesting proposition for a podcast. And here was all that was said. Hey, Dotson, what do you think about doing a podcast about Appalachian cryptids? And I was like, I am all the way in, man. So my guest in the studio this evening is none other than Sky Daily. Sky, what's going on? It is an honor to be here. I We've been talking about this since, what, like June? It's been a hot minute. I mean, from the moment you knew I had a podcast, essentially, you're like, we got to talk about this. And essentially, it's about this field that I know I've been interested in for a long time, and it's the field of cryptozoology. So for all you non-nerds that are out there listening, what you need to know about cryptozoology is that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something from Wikipedia. I'm a little bit offended by this definition, but I don't feel like... Uh, like I'm some kind of weirdo. I'm not the only person out there that believes in these things, but they call cryptozoology a pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. Pseudoscience? It is legitimate science. It's science. This this should be taught in elementary school. It really should. From a young age, children should learn about these things. But it does have a very extensive uh, subculture. There is no doubt about that. And here in recent years, especially, there has been a lot of focus around cryptid animals. And, and that's, that's the term that generally is used to refer to these creatures that we hear about mostly from folklore record, the kind of things that are sort of handed down in the oral traditions of various cultures. Monsters, if you will, is a, perhaps a more apt term. Perhaps, you know, perhaps people out there are familiar with things like the Loch Ness Monster, the Yeti, the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil, even the Mokele Membe. I don't even know what that is, but what, it sounds what does amazing. What translate to? I don't know, but it, 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 it translates to awesome animal. That's what it translates That's to. Sure. These are all cryptids. And so tonight, we're going to talk about a few very common ones, but just a few. But we are going to be treated to a panel of some cryptids, some animals, some folklore legends that my audience has probably never heard of because I know that I'm a big cryptid guy and I hadn't heard of at least half of the ones that Sky is going to talk about tonight. So, Sky, I'm going to throw it over to you and you take us away. What's the first cryptid we're looking into tonight? So I wanted to start off the podcast really strong with something that whenever it comes to cryptids, I'm actually deathly afraid of. All right. So today I want to talk about the Wendigo or some people might call it the Skinwalker. Oh. Wendigo is actually its own thing. Essentially, the Wendigo or Skinwalker is Native American culture where if you go hungry enough, eventually you'll just go crazy and just be some sort of creature of the night, if you will. So Native Americans would do some kind of ritual to kind of cast it away, but of course it didn't work because Wendigos are creatures, not people. Right. But 
it was mainly found in like the Great Plains to like really far north of Montana, but it was a very crazy creature and it's actually still known today. The reason that it scares me is something that could just be living in the woods. It's also known as very strong, I might add. Mm. It can just hop tree to tree, not make a noise. This thing could probably swim across a river and you wouldn't even hear it. See, this is one of those creatures that I really think could have some definite foundation in fact. Like I I can very easily see this. I mean, because it's essentially like a, a kind of like a cannibal story in a way, or at least in some parts of the mythology. So uh, I can see this. Uh, being something that is construed from reality, no, no issue. But I am also the kind of person who believes that, man, there have been some really scary things that have been that have existed in history. Like you know, when you look at, <laughs> so, so we we gotta say because. <laughs> This is this is really funny. We looked up a picture of the Wendigo before uh. we started this. And who pops up when you look up Wendigo on Google? I encourage everybody to try this. See if you have the same experience. Because the- <laughs> what we did was we were going to open the Wikipedia, get a few points. And we go to the images. <laughs> and first you have like this deer amalgamation. And then another one is like a, a white creature is like what I was thinking. And then the next one's just... Joe Biden. Joe Biden. <laughs> it's it's just a picture of Joe Biden behind an American flag next to a Wendigo. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Biden is OG Wendigo, baby. That's right. It's like, we're going to start the Joe Biden is a Wendigo conspiracy theory, and that'll end it all. <laughs> I saw him in the woods. He was buck naked, and he was eating a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I also have another uh, Wendigo, just random. Uh, I I forgot that I've I've watched a Wendigo movie. Ooh. Have you ever seen the Wendigo movie? No, I haven't. I played games about the Wendigo because I'm a man. Gamer. I I had to I had to look it up, but there was a movie, uh, and it was just called Wendigo. Came all the way, came back, came out all the way back in 2001, and it was an independent film. It had a few people in it who, if I like, if I were to show you a list of the cast, you might recognize in more modern things. And it's uh, it's really not. I mean, it's a not a great movie, and it's clear it's had a very small budget, etc. But they do a lot with just sort of. Uh, presenting the creature like in the shadows, like you never really see it until the very kind, end. Kind of like Blair Witch in a way. Right. And then there's really bad CG at the oh. end where they bring the Wendigos out. And they, they, they so, just... so Slender Man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, the, the Wendigo is 100% something. Because, you know, when you, when you go to the images and, and check out uh, images of, of, of Wendigos, it's like you can almost imagine there's some of these pictures where they show the Wendigo with horns. And, uh, and I mean, I could see someone like fashioning a horn helmet for themselves and, uh, you know, some emaciated, starving person or just some wild, crazy person living in the woods. Who knows, man? Now, something I just remembered is I believe it was the Native Americans that coined this term, but they would if somebody has gone to the point to where they're crazy and they want to eat someone. They called that, I believe, Wendigo fever. Oh, really? Now, I could be wrong on that because this just came off the top of my head. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, there's even, uh, I'm just kind of reading some different things here. There's apparently something called Wendigo psychosis. That's, that, a, that's a real thing. That might have been what I was thinking of. Yeah, Wendigo psychosis. It is characterized as basically a craving uh, for human flesh, but also coupled with an intense fear of becoming a cannibal. So I can't even imagine what that, like you have an intense craving for human flesh, but you're like, oh no, I don't want to like be Hannibal Lecter and go start eating people. That's not normal, right? No, I wouldn't have any friends. Like nobody would ever come over for a party. <laughs> They'd never drink any drinks I put in front of them because they're going to be like, this is probably just like a, something to make me pass out so they can make baked steak out of me or something, you know? Probably going to mash me up into mashed potatoes, but actually just be me. So like mashed human. <laughs> ugh, ugh. But yeah, no, it's a it's a neat, a very neat animal. Something that honestly, until I watched this Wendigo movie, I'd never even heard of it before. It was a total first for me, and it is fascinating. Like a lot of uh, Native American myths and folklores and legends, it's they, they've got they've got a bunch, and the the Wendigo is definitely right up there with a, a a definitively frightening one for sure. I've actually had a dream of a skinwalker. Oh wow! My dream went, I was at the barn at my house because we have a farm i was going down to feed the goats and a goat i have her name is sally she's given birth to almost all the other goats i have she starts screaming not as like a goat like ah it was like a man screaming as loud as he can and i just said knock it off (laughs) you stop that you need to calm down That was very rude of you, and you're not getting fed. You're going to go and eat the grass outside. That's right. And I guess in retaliation, the goat jumps up really high, bounces off the wall, and does like a flip and gets behind me. Whoa. And then starts screaming at me. You know how in dreams you just like automatically know something, Mm -hmm. even though you wouldn't guess it in your life? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately just went, skinwalker. And so after, like, a battle with the demon goat, it transforms into a person, to a goat, to a person, to a goat, to a person, to a goat, and then it stays as a dead goat. So whoa, my char- I'm just going to call it my character because I would never <laughs> act like this in my entire life. If I see a goat scream with a human voice, run up the wall and do a flip behind me, I'm just going to go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cry and soil myself. That's what's going to happen. I, I, I'd i probably just sit there and just accept it. <laughs> Be like, you know what? You win, Ninja Goat. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so bizarre. So what does my character do? Pick up the goat and bring it to like, I live on a hill. Uh-huh. So I take it out of the barn, up the hill, and we were going to eat it. And that's the dream. It was just, I woke up. I'm like, does this mean something? Am I going to die soon? Is, <laughs> is it a premonition? Is it, is it coming for me? Is that what, is this a warning? This is how the skinwalker gets you. I was hoping you were going to say in your dream, it went from goat to Joe Biden to goat to Joe Biden to goat to Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> the Wendigo's here. <laughs> no, Joe Biden Wendigo. The baby eater Biden. The baby <laughs> So... The next cryptid on our list is my favorite cryptid so far. Oh, wow. Okay. And I've I've had this same phase with Bigfoot. With cryptids, we can't leave out the one, the only Mothman. We searched up Mothman, too, 
<laughs> and if you want to take a wild guess on who was the second person to pop up in the images, Donald J. Trump, mm-hmm. right next to the Mothman statue. No, but imagine, okay, imagine like instead of Trump and Joe Biden running for president, imagine if it was Mothman and a Wendigo. That would be a lot more interesting. This is true. We should completely destroy any politics in the American system and just <laughs> replace it with whatever the cryptids want. That's right. <laughs> whatever Mothman says. Mothman's been trying to warn us for a long time, Scott. <laughs> he has been. <laughs> now, Mothman. After both world wars, there was four people. The Scarberries and a group of friends. Now... They were partying and just having a good time, and as they were taking a drive down a certain road, they saw something in the sky. And as it got closer, it turned out to be part moth, part man. There are a a bunch of different sightings of them, but I believe that the Scarberries really had it nailed down. Because, of course, before it, there was always sightings. The thing about the Mothman is he's just awesome in every way. In fact, right now I'm wearing... A Mothman search team hat that I got from the Mothman Fest. After this kicked off, a lot of people went hunting for the Mothman. Didn't come up with scratch, right? This fueled something known in Point Pleasant as Mothmania. And eventually, there was a Mothman museum with a bunch of memorabilia about the moth, the man, the myth, the cryptid, and everything he's done up to the point of today. And... Mothman Fest is celebrated, I think, next month, actually. Oh, wow. It's coming up, man. You know, I, I have uh, I have personally have gone out to the TNT area on many occasions, uh, not searching for Mothman per se, but um, mostly just to go out there and check out the area, which have you ever personally been to the area? I've, I've always wanted to, but my grandpa keeps on saying, that's too far away. And I said, <laughs> look at the hat. I want you to read the hat out loud. When you get out there and you start uh, really looking around, it is kind of a, it's kind of a creepy area, like a genuinely creepy area. There is a lot happening in that neck of the woods. You know, um, my my brother uh, was so terrified of the Mothman when he was a child that my parents actually had to take him. To see a psychiatrist and you know back then they were the answer to everything was just tell your kids to toughen up you know in the early 70s so they so they said to my uh they they said to my my mom and dad they said just take your son out to the tnt area that sounds and show him there's no mothman (laughs) that sounds awful what if there actually was a mothman out there and he just showed up and he was just like <laughs> he would have probably lost his mind. Oh, he did. What they told me was that they got out there, they explained to him where they were, yeah. and it was just full-on freak-out, like trying to tear the seats out of the car, like really bad. They had to, I guess, speed away from the TNT area at, oh at, at top at top, <laughs> at top gear. You know, the, it was it was bad, and, and he was really messed up by it. Now, when I was growing up, uh, there was a movie that came out starring Richard Gere and whoever played Grace on Will and Grace. Uh, what was her name? Deborah Messing or something like that. 
It was called The Mothman Prophecies. It was loosely based on a on a book. Uh, and they uh, sadly, they didn't film in Point Pleasant. I think some of the location shots they did, which didn't involve the main actors, uh, Point Pleasant might have been in there occasionally. But for the most part, it was... Uh, it was it was just a an okay movie about a really strange subject to most of the world because for a lot of people I know the Mothman's known worldwide and that there's sightings literally the world over of of a creature like the Mothman but that that that's an interesting experience you get out there and I don't know if it's a little bit of that like placebo effect on me I get out there and it's a strange feeling area to me, but it's very cool. As soon as you get the chance to go, you need to go. Maybe we can do that for my birthday. We yeah. just have like a picnic out there. There you go. Mothman cake. <laughs> Mothman cake. So. I, okay, so I was in a band once, and it was, uh, it was a band that was headed up by a couple stoners, and Ooh. they they came to a practice one night very excited, which every practice, every band practice went the same. We'd show up. We'd jam the same song for 15 or 20 minutes. And they'd be like, hey, man, do you care if we do a J? And then they'd go off and get high. And then uh, they'd be like, man, you guys hungry? Like, like I want, I, I'd love to go to Taco Bell. Like, like, I mean, that's what we were dealing. Every practice ended the same. And me and the, like, me and the drummer, we were the only two guys in the band who weren't stoners. And we're like, well, I, I guess we could eat some Taco Bell. And, and then I remember one day we showed up to practice. And they were like, hey, man, guess what? I got us a gig. What's this gig? They said, we're going to headline the Mothman Festival. And it was one of the first, might have been the first year that they did it when it was still kind of small. Yeah. And and so we we go in and I said, hey, when when are we playing this? Like, so we going on stage like eight, nine o'clock. He's like, no, man, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, no, nobody headlines a festival at two o'clock in the afternoon. And we showed up. And it was just this little storefront, and they told us to set up all our equipment in the storefront. And it, behind us was like Mothman headquarters inside. So people were literally walking that's, through that's the, where the Mothman lives. Yeah, people were literally walking through the band to get into this place behind us. <laughs> and like every now and again, I feel a tap on the shoulder, like, "Excuse me, I need to get by." And I'm like, "What are we doing here?" <laughs> like, one of the worst gigs I could possibly uh, imagine. Hey, excuse me, I can't. You're a uh... You know, playing a song, but I need to use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, it's right to your left. Okay, thank oh, you. Oh, it was bad, man. It was the worst. How believable is the Mothman story? It's, it's He's so cool, and I really wish I could just give him one firm handshake and say, you're doing a good job out there. But <laughs> Way to deliver the disaster of the Silver Bridge, Mothman. Good job. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's more likely that maybe some extraterrestrial phenomenon perhaps Ooh. is at work here. Because, see, I've heard that theory a lot, too, that, that people think that maybe what people were actually witnessing was some encounter with an alien life form. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe Mothman is not of this world. He's locked in Area 51. <laughs> That's why we raided it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably playing cards with the Wendigo right now. He's probably <laughs> playing cards with, like, some alien. It's just like... Translation. How'd you get here? Translation. I was found at Point Pleasant. I tried to warn them about the Silver Bridge, but no one listened. Man, 
You're really bad at your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine Mothman's like, you know, guys, I'm so sick of playing Uno right now. Like, for starters, like, I never win. I've never won a game of Uno in my life. And then we tried to play Clue one time. I've never won Clue either. Like, Mothman's just upset because he can't win anything. He just destroys everything. And Bless every time Gleep Glop gets <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue in Monopoly... I always land on it. Glip. And every single time he puts down like 50,000 hotels and just completely <laughs> breaks the rules. I think that everything about the Mothman story and the way it connects to the Silver Bridge disaster and what what even came out of that was how the, the Silver Bridge disaster changed the way bridges were engineered in the United States, you know? So there's a lot of really interesting things that are, that surrounded the fact that the silver bridge came down around Christmas time. Yeah. The fact that the Mothman sightings started, uh, I think somewhere before Thanksgiving and just sort of continued. Something I've heard about the, uh, silver bridge thing is there's two types of people when it comes to believing that the Mothman was on that bridge. One saying that he was trying to warn people, and the other one saying that he was trying to destroy the cables. Right. Yeah. Because people thought they saw him grabbing down at the cables and, like, messing with them in a way. So, rather, you believe that the Mothman is, like, stronger than the Hulk. Right. Or you think it was just like, get off the bridge! Get <laughs> yeah. off the bridge! And it pans off to, like, people on the bridge just going, what is that? Another thing that's really compelling to me about the Mothman story, and... I think it's part of what adds to the cool factor for me is that when they talk about most of the witnesses from the original case, they they almost always include phrases like they're good, honest, decent, hardworking people, <laughs> not the kind of people you'd expect to make up a story. There this were... person saved an orphanage <laughs> and a whole entire sack of babies that was on the road. This yeah. person wouldn't lie to you if their feet were missing, and the only way to get them back was to lie to you. Right, <laughs> right. Those, th It's those kinds of things that make me wonder if not just those people, but then other... I mean, sure, you start to get mass hysteria probably to set yeah. it at some point, and then everybody's got to have a Mothman sighting. But it does make you wonder that even though I don't necessarily think that a moth-covered you know, man or w whatever was out there... A man it, covered it, in moths. Yeah, a man covered in moths. It, I think it does beg the question, what did those people see? It, uh, because it, it does seem like they were very sincere... Yeah. about what they said and what what did they encounter that night what exactly happened on that road i think that's still a pretty interesting unanswered question i, th I think the mothman is one of the coolest of all the cryptids and 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 also it's homegrown you know we literally live right up the road from where <laughs> it all supposedly happened so all right well how about we cut to grafton monster so grafton monster he was originally spotted in 1964 by a news reporter driving near grafton and sees this white thing on, like, the side of the road, which some accounts kind of count him as, like, Hulk without a head, and other accounts kind of look like some white humanoid creature, kind of like an ogre, which, in my opinion, kind of looks like White Trash Shrek <laughs> from trash all the drawings Shrek. I've been seeing. Because <laughs> you can see his face is, like, always <laughs> morphed in, like, some kind of way, kind of like Jason Voorhees-type morph. And he's always white. There's no, like, clothing. But the thing is all white, 
with, quote, seal-like skin, and it has no head, right? Our brave hero decides to get out of there immediately. But the next day, he decides, hey, you know, this thing might be real, or I could be on drugs. I'm going to go back there. <laughs> yeah. So him and a band of uh, rednecks dressed up in Confederate flags show up, and all they find is a bunch of mashed down grass. But while they were there, they could hear, like, a whistle. Now, I want you to imagine somebody, like, less than three feet away from you whistling. And that's pretty much where it sounded everywhere they went. They tried looking for it, and they eventually just left. And as they were leaving, they still heard it like it was in the same place, like three feet away from them. They couldn't find it, and they eventually just dipped. So I'm, I'm reading an, an eyewitness testimony that to me has some interesting points to it because it's not overly specific, but it, it just says this. It says, I saw the monster near the river early in the morning. It saw me and instantly froze. It didn't move. I was fishing at the time, and I left all my gear there and started to run all the way. Left all my gear. That's what grabs me in that sentence. As I ran and turned, I saw that it, too, turned away and started running off. So this person could have, if they wanted to hyperbolize it, they could have said, it started chasing me. It's describing what I would consider to be fairly normal animal behavior, right? You startled an animal, it's going off. Um, You know, you run away from it, it's just as likely to run away from you. Uh, As I got near my truck and began opening the door, I heard a whooshing sound and a bright light appear above the tree line. I drove off and didn't come back for two days to get my gear. That is... It's interesting. Wow. It's interesting. See, I'm. Uh, pe- you hear people say all the time, how on earth could something stay hidden in this world that we live in today? And yet when you get, we have some pretty dense forest in Appalachia. Yeah. And we have a lot of habitat that I very much believe something, especially if it didn't have a very big population to begin with, like essentially an endangered species maybe that we don't know about. I mean, that happens all the time in the world, endangered species that we just, we just don't know about. And is it possible that they witnessed something, that, that there is truth? I mean, the person who cited it originally, uh, it, it, I think that people got to remember that in the 1950s and the 1960s, yes, there were charlatans. Yes, there were always going to be people looking for attention. But this is a reporter who works for a newspaper. And what do they have to gain by telling a ridiculous story about some encounter with some mysterious thing? There's something about this that has a little bit of a ring of truth to me to it, that whether whether or not it's specifically what we've come to see in pictures and whatnot, but did they see something out there, something maybe that we don't know about, something that exists that we haven't cataloged yet? I don't know, man. For me, the, the monster as it's described in some of the more fantastical aspects, I don't know if I go to there with believability, mm-hmm. but for me, I think the the probability is very high that there's something in the Appalachian wilderness which is very wild and very diverse. Um, I think it's intensely possible that there's some unknown animal, some unknown creature out there that maybe is is so small in population that we've just never inventoried it in science yet. Going back to the eyewitness testimony, uh, if you can find that, the last part. Could you read that for me? Yeah, it says, got near my truck and I began opening the door and I heard a whooshing sound and a bright light appear above the tree line. This, it was sounding pretty believable at first. This could have been like some albino creature, like a black bear that 
But I think somebody has posited before that maybe they thought the Grafton monster was a polar bear that somebody had illegally brought in. That would that would be so bizarre, Wouldn't though. That'd be weird. <laughs> that would be like the scariest thing if you were just taking a walk and you saw a polar bear just run <laughs> yeah, up. Just... And polar bears are like a very violent bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we don't know how big it is. He never told us, right? No, no, not any specific, not that I saw anyway. Bears are very, like, violent. Like grizzly bears, uh, the sun bear, I think it's called. Yeah. Kodiak bear. Intensely territorial, man. The, and the bright light, I don't know what that could be. Yeah, it seems like, an. Uh, I mean, I was, I'm like you, I was with this person in the story until it's like, oh, now we're talking UFOs? Okay, well, I mean, not that I don't believe in UFOs. I wouldn't want to suggest that, but uh, but, uh, but it just seemed like a weird turn for the story to go to. There's not a lot of meat on the bone for the story. I think that's the biggest issue. Just not a lot of meat on the bone. It's like, what? we don't really have a lot to go off of. And, and, uh, but, but I, think, I think if it was, you're looking at it from the perspective of a potentially undiscovered species of some sort of animal, well, that's that's a little more interesting. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's there's just not a lot there to grab onto. But I but admittedly, I'd never heard of it. So Frogman, the reason I picked out the Frogman is because I actually I believed as a kid that I might have had an encounter with it. Really? Yeah. Okay, lay it on me. Now, I didn't see much of it. I was I was fishing at a place called Sandy Creek because a bunch of my family had like a campground. Like mm-hmm. an extended family had a campground and my mom wanted to be there. And so she was like, here's a fishing pole. Here's some worms. Go away forever. I'm going to do weed. <laughs> so so my uncle, Nicholas, he's like, there's this cool fishing spot like way down the road from my fishing spot. You should go there and leave me alone forever. So I did. So I set up my little lawn chair, my Lightning McQueen lawn chair. And I'm fishing with like like a button fishing pole with like a bobber on it and I'm ca- I'm catching a few bluegill and sunfish and that's when I noticed something across the creek. I see like something's back move up and an eye, like a black eye, mm-hmm. kind of like I, I don't want to say it outright because it kind of sounds stupid, but it was like a frog eye. I'm going to be honest, it looked like a frog eye and I saw like spikes on it, its back, kind of like, you know what a grouper looks like? Yeah. How it has those spikes on its back? Mm-hmm. It looked like that. And it looked up, did like a little search, and went back down. And this happened like in the span of like 30 seconds. I'm like six at the time. Uh-huh. I don't even know what I saw, but I like it. Now, when I was doing the research on this, I lost my mind. <laughs> like, I didn't think that this could actually happen. But Frogman, 1995. Yet another man driving down yet another dark road yet again at night finds three, quote, frog-like people with one of them holding a stick that shot out sparks. So, another account. In August 2016, local Cincinnati TV stations report that, quote, a night of fun turned into a chilling tale of horror when two teenagers playing Pokemon Go between Loveland... Uh, Madeira Road. Madeira Road and Lake Isabella claimed to see a giant frog in the lake on August 3rd that it, quote, stood up and walked on its hind legs. Now, the Pokemon Go story is kind of funny to me because I'm just imagining, like, what kind of Pokemon is that? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not on my phone. It's not on my phone. <gasps> Frog people. That's just so bizarre to me. But yet, I feel like I've seen it. But this could have been anything, because I was a little kid. But with the off chance that it actually was a frogman, probably would have lost my mind if it was. Yeah. Everybody gangster to the frogman has just turned out to be children with a Roman kid. That's right. <laughs> That's one sexy frog. Bam. He's looking at images right now <laughs> because he really likes doing that. And there's just a frog with abs. Uh, and, and there's this one story I read about a police officer who claimed to see something scurry across the road and described it as three to four feet or whatever. Yeah. And then a week later, a police officer saw the same animal crouched alongside the road or what he believed to be the same animal. And he shot it and and killed it and put it in his trunk and took it back to the police, sta- to the police station to show uh, his, his uh, colleague. And it turned out to just be a, a rather large iguana that was someone's pet <laughs> that had gotten away. This, this dude, like, he just killed someone's pet and was like, here, there's no hey, such Buck, thing as a frog man. Charles. Guess what I got me? I got me a love land frog, man. He opens a trunk and it's just an iguana. <laughs> yeah. Bill, you're drunk. But, you know, they say in the Ohio River there are catfish as big as VW bugs. You know, I've heard yeah, that before. they get big. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm, now whether or not that's real, I don't know. But it, it, it's, it's not hard for me to imagine a creature growing large in the wild. Like, there are some turtles that I've seen, for example, that are intensely huge, like way bigger. Like if you didn't know that turtles like that existed and someone told you that a turtle like that existed, like, you'd be like, whatever, man. <laughs> like the alligator snapping turtle? Yeah. Or did you ever see, they did, I think they called the alligator Lelong or something like that. Yeah. But it was this massive gator that they found in, I think somewhere in Southeast Asia. I don't remember exactly where, but it was so big they tried to transport it by cart and it took them... I think days to get Lelong safely and alive back somewhere. It becomes so big. We almost couldn't move on land. Like he was, his own weight was, was literally killing him because he was crushing in all his own organs and stuff like that. But so it is, so for a giant frog, is there the possibility again of a giant frog to be out there? I don't have a hard time embracing, not necessarily a three to four foot long frog that stands on its hind legs and walks around. And don't forget, the magical wand that shoots out sparks. The magical wand that shoots out sparks. So uh, believability, uh, again, as a potentially undiscovered or just an overly grown toad. I could I could put that kind of high on the scale, but the story as I hear it, for me, kind of falls on pretty pretty low on the scale. So the part of me that thinks that this the odds of that actually happening to where it was like some kids and he just got high, or it could just be a really big, like, Iguana, like you said, with that police officer, or it could just be like a really big amphibian. That part of me says about like a seven or a six. But the part of me that says, this guy must be insane. Frog people with a magical wand. It's like a it's like a stick mm. is the thing. Yeah. He says it's like a, a full-blown like branch off a tree Yeah, that shoots out sparks. That's what acid will do to you. That part <clears throat> makes me go, 
not even a chance. <laughs> not even not a, chance. a chance in the world. There is no such thing as wizard frogs in <laughs> Appalachia that's shooting out sparks, all right? I'm not looking for no Harry Potter frog. This, this frog has clearly been to Ollivander's, and it's probably it's probably got like a unicorn heartstring or something in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I I think so. It's a it's a tough one. The, the frogman's a tough one to swallow, unless you're talking about a potentially undiscovered animal or one that just got very 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 big. Yeah. Or maybe it's just an iguana. Maybe it's just another iguana. <laughs> Little Susie woke up. A, Where's my iguana, <laughs> Where's Daddy? My iguana? <laughs> we'll look for it, honey. It'll be no, all right. Don't worry, honey. We'll find it. And they find it later. It's just like, oh yeah, I killed your iguana. <laughs> I thought it was a Loveland Frogman. Yeah, I felt like I had to prove that the Loveland frog wasn't real because <laughs> Jimmy has been talking about this nonstop for the last five days and I just I'd had enough and I said that's it I'm going to kill the first thing that looks like a Loveland frog <laughs> bang I found this iguana on the I, road I you won't believe little... it I found this iguana on the road and I'm like man I'm so unbelievably drunk I don't even realize mm-hmm. that's an iguana that is the frog man I'm killing it unfortunately I ruined a little girl's life I understand she's been in therapy for the last three years and it's been very tragic for her, but at least I made my point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I can show it to her if you want me to. About the magical frog, though. Listen, if there's magical frogs in the world that are pulling sticks off of trees and uh, and, and making magical things happen in the world, then you know what? Good on them, man. You you get, you keep pulling that stick off that oak tree it's, and you make it happen, baby. It's, it's funny. It is funny. It is it funny. Is, that's a it's it's a it's a nice description of uh, of an acid trip, you know. Or uh, <laughs> you think he's you think his first thought as like he was driving and just saw three frogs with a stick was just like I'm tripping right now, am I? Yeah. <laughs> like this is uh, is this real? Frog people with a wooden stick that shoots out. Spots. Like I need someone else to be here now so I can know if this is really happening. And then, and then the guy that shot the iguana is like, "I knew it! <laughs> Take that!" Well, we know we've not even begun to scratch the surface of all the various cryptids that are out there. Although Appalachia is a wild and wonderful place, and one thing you can definitely say about cryptids is that they come from a. A, a, a history of folklore that is essential to who we are as a people. And I always think that the things that people believe in, the monsters that they create in their minds, says a lot not only about who we are as uh, as an individual, but who we are as, as a people. And it definitely shows that we have a great desire to fill our lives with all things wonderful, mystical, and fantastic. And on that note, that's all we got time for on this episode of the Kitchen Sink Podcast. But don't worry, you haven't heard the last about amazing, wild, wonderful creatures on this podcast. There are many more of these episodes to come, especially a long, lingering Bigfoot episode that we keep talking about, which is going to put us in the hills looking for the creature itself. But until then, that's all we got time for, folks. We'll catch you on the next go-round.